Good evening, everyone. This is Phoenix Gold Standard with Money and Politics Simplified. Please remember I air every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about affirmative action. And is it fair or not? And the reason we're talking about this, because it is a lot of energy being put behind it. So we've got the student for fair admissions. Yes, we have students of fair admissions versus the president and fellows of Harvard College. Who doesn't know Harvard? They are also suing UNC Chapel Hill, which is right down the street from me. Go Tar Heels, even though I'm a Clemson grad and fan. But listen, what's really going on behind this? Who is really pushing this? Well, the guy, the guy's name is Edward J. Bloom. Don't get him mixed up with Edward J. Single J. Bloom, the professor in San Diego, because their their ideologies are completely 180 of each other. Please believe it. I, as I was looking up Edward J. Bloom, the guy who's pushing the student for fair admissions to sue UNC Chapel Hill and Harvard. He sits on the board for the students for fair admissions. Did you know that? So we're going to go into some real good information about this guy so you can get understanding why he's doing this and what is motivating him. So Everett J. Bloom is a political conservative, right? He's a legal strategist. And he's been known for his activism uh, against affirmative action based on race and ethnicity. And he's not going for the black people. He is going for the white people. Bloom, and let's, let's reiterate, Bloom is not an attorney. So this is what this guy does. He connects potential plaintiffs with his landing pages, his, his uh, websites, and I'll give you those in a minute. He connects plent, uh, uh, potential plaintiffs with attorneys who are willing to represent them in test cases. Let's put that in quotation marks, all right? Test cases, which he tries to use and set legal precedent. Now, how did all this come about? You, you, you're going to want to know about this, right? Okay, so this is what happened. Um, he was working as a stockbroker in Houston, Texas in the early 80s. And he was supposed to be part of the uh, neoconservatism movement. But then what happened was in 1990, he wanted to run against a Democratic incumbent. And now that guy's name was Craig Anthony Washington. He was running unimposed. I'm sorry, unopposed. Unimposed. What did I to say? Unopposed. And so he decided to run against the guy since he was unopposed as a Republican. Me and this guy was going back and forth on my TikTok page about that, but he was going in as a Republican. Now, during that campaign, Bloom and his wife, and I think his wife's name was Lark, they went door-to-door knocking, you know, door-to-door, they went hugging and kissing babies. And, and what they realized was that the boundaries of their district was greatly divided and erratically set up basically gerrymandered towards the African-American population to vote for Mr. Washington, Craig Anthony Washington. Well, of course, this older white guy's going to say, wow, that's fair. That's reverse racism. That's what you're going to say, right? Yeah, that's reverse racism. Makes sense. 
Now, he lost. He did lose to Mr. Washington. But what he did do was he filed a lawsuit <laughs> with the state of Texas claiming that uh, the racially gerrymandering district violated the 14th Amendment. And that case is called Bush versus Vera, V-E-R-A. And it went to the Supreme Court. And they ruled in his favor. And, and just like any child, when they do something and you pat them on the back, what do they do? They go do it bigger and better. So what this guy does is he created two groups, uh, Project for Fair Representation and Alliance for Fair Board Recruitment. And his whole goal is to make sure that it is fair for whites as it is blacks. He's basically saying, hey, they need to be on the same playing field. Now, I'm going to reach out to his organizations. Now, um, his local organization, Project for Fair Representation, the location is now a, something like a UPS store, a mailing store. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I, I looked it up. It, it's, it's a mailing store, some type of mailing store. Now, the Student for Fair Admissions is still up, and they're in, you know, and, a, and just FYI, if you're wondering, yes, they do take donations. Shocking, isn't it? He's doing it just for the people. And Project Fair for Representation, even though the local store or, or storefront is not open, uh, they also are taking do donations. But listen, they, he doesn't hide anything. He's like, look, if you think you've been fairly, um, you didn't get in college because you were white, then you need to hit us up. He goes for voting. He goes at education. He goes for contracts, basically, you know, minority contracts, women, um, Black people, Hispanics, Latinos, Asians, employment, um, racial quotas or racial repara reparations. He challenges all that. He says, no, you guys should not get any of that. And let's follow that logic. Is that bad? Is that wrong? Should it be fair? Was well, an African-American, which I am, which I identify as, what do you think? What do you think I'm thinking? Wells Fargo just had a lawsuit against him here in the last couple of years during the Biden and the Trump administration in regards to how they were giving out higher percentage loans to African-Americans against their white counterparts with the same credit profile. You're going to tell me that's fair? And let's follow that same logic. Let's say you win all that employment, contracting, racial quotas, racial reparations. You challenge all that. You get all that shut down and black people have no extra leg up. Let's just say that's what it is. Then how do you ensure? Because America has not proven itself to be honest in this area. How do you ensure that we get fair representation when even with these things in place, we are still not getting fair representation? We're still not getting the better loans that we should be getting. We're still having to pay more money. We're still getting kind of jeered into uh, where you should buy a home and where you should not buy a home. How do you overcome that? If, if you want me as an African-American to back this program and say, wow, you know what? Getting rid of a, affirmative action is a good thing. Give me the, the, the 
resources. Give me the the information. Give me the understanding of what you're going to do or what are you proposing to do to offset it. But what I'm going to tell you is this. It sounds like, because I've looked at both websites, all you're doing is bitching and complaining and you're taking people's money. That's what it sounds like, Edward. That's all it sounds like. You're bitching and complaining that it's not fair. Is it, I don't understand how you make sense of that. Like, you put a, a small thing in place for a subset group of people to be successful. Why would you not want that thing for African-Americans? Handicapped people. We don't lift them up in the building. We don't um, roll them up to the counter. We'll give them a wheelchair. There's your assistance. We'll build a ramp outside the building. There's your assistance. Blind people. We don't sit there and just read everything to them. We create a system of Braille and we taught them how to read it. How is this any different? Give me a solution to the problem instead of bitching and complaining about the problem. And one of his key education pushes for, let me scroll up here. I got his information that's no, not here. It has to be for the student for fair admissions. And one of the key things that he focuses in on is education for grades K through 12. No, it's on project of fair representation. Yes, college admissions and K through 12 student, excuse me, student assignments. Let's say for instance, he got the college admissions affirmative action part completely thrown out. Let's say that happens because right now it's, it's, it's been put before the Supreme Court. Let's say that happens. I'm going to give you a scenario. Please keep an open ear to the scenario. Please keep an open mind to it. Whether you're white or black or Asian or Latino, please keep an open mind to it. If you told me as a black star athlete that I could go to an HBCU versus a PWI, HBCU, Historically Black College University, PWI, predominantly white institution. If you told me that, you know what, you're not going to get any extra accolades for being black or getting into that school. Now, if you're a star athlete, you're going to get into any school you want to. But if you told me that my black friends, if I'm a star athlete, that they're all sitting around talking about we're going to go to college, and you find out this school got rid of affirmative action, what would you do as a student athlete, a star student athlete that you are being chased by all the top schools? We're talking about my Clemson here, people. We're talking about the Georgias. We're talking about the UNCs for basketball. We're talking about all the big schools. Why would I not go to an HBCU? And here is my thought process as a student athlete. I go where I'm celebrated. 
not tolerated. I can sign an NIL deal, still get the money to take care of mommy and daddy back home. The rent, pay for the house, pay for the car so they can come see me play ball. I don't have anyone calling me nigger or boy in the local areas. Telling me to sit down and just play ball. Shut my mouth. I have a head coach like Jackson State University with Dion. A older black male mentor who has been to the NFL, who can probably help me get to the NFL, who has gone through the things that I have gone through, who can relate to me with getting pulled over, who can relate to me with the things that I have faced in my parents, or I've seen my parents face in their lifetime. Versus a Nick Saban who comes to me and says, hey, I want you to play football for us. Because I'm already getting the money from the NIL deal, right? And I feel comfortable around people who look like me. Remember, ducks hire ducks. That's what that general, the book of leadership, ducks hire ducks. So I feel comfortable now. I got the money. I feel comfortable. I have a mentor. Maybe I didn't have a black father. Maybe I did. Now you're just another black father. Maybe you're now a black uncle. Can you tell me where I'm going to school? Think about that. Now, let's talk about the networks that cover the football, the basketball. You got the ACC network. You've got the SEC network. They have a network because you have the students, you have the athletes who can carry you on the network, who you can show their face and show their talent. But they're not on your networks anymore. They're on the SWAC network. There's no such network, just FYI. But th there will be if this gets passed through. Now those dollars go to the HBCUs. Now those schools have all, who have always been historically underfunded, who have not been able to get that type of talent, are now getting the money and the talent and the exposure that they have been fighting for years to have. What do you think is going to happen? Well, the CFP, the college football playoffs, you won't see Clemson and Georgia and Penn State and Ohio's in there and Obama's. You'll start seeing Shaw University. Go Eagles. Tuskegee. That's a very prominent name in the black community. That's who you'll see. You'll see a Jackson State University. I would step out so big to say that when that head coach for the other uh, black HBCU told in his, or said in his interview that Dion was not swack, I totally agreed. But not for the same reason you, you're thinking. Dion is not swack, not at this point in time. Dion is not even Jackson State University. Dion is HBCU football. His mode of transportation to be in that position is Jackson State University. 
and swag. That man has put that system, that college, on everybody's tongue. Hell, I want to go see a game. Get ESPN game days going there. Do you understand where those dollars are going? So I'm thinking if you if they had to come down to the Supreme Court voting, if it ever came down to a vote that I had to step into a ballot booth and say, yes, let's get, a, get rid of affirmative action in colleges, I am voting, let's get rid of it. Because you will see a migration. And I'm telling you right now, um, I'm from South Carolina, so South Carolina State University, that's probably going to be my team, Bulldogs. If I had to pull for a team, I'll still pull for Clemson. Who cares about the money that these schools are pumping at these students on the side? With an NIL deal, you can't compete. Let's think about that. This is Phoenix Gold Standard with Money and Politics Simplified. Please remember I air it every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Apple, YouTube, and Spotify. I research the information to you. Then I give it to you so you can make a better educated decision on how you're going to spend your money and how you're going to live your life. I am not trying to convince you one way or the other. I am just giving you a perspective that maybe you haven't thought about. So you can't think about it. Have a good evening. And please remember, if you're watching this on my TikTok, please hit the like button. Please hit the follow button. If you're watching this on my YouTube, hit the like button, hit the follow button. Wherever you're watching this, hit the like button and hit the follow button. And I look forward to seeing you again. This is Phoenix Gold Standard with money and politics simplified. Have a great day.